0: The Blast
1: From Our Past Network. Hello and welcome to The Blast From Our Past Podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we have got a kick-butt episode for you. Uh, We are giving you... Uh, a kind of a multitude of I don't know costumed uh, heroes, if you will, kind of, kind of, a bit of a kind of a stretch for that first for the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but we are going to be talking, uh, doing a full breakdown of the 1992 film Three Ninjas. We are going to do the uh, 1994 to 96 animated show The Tick, not the. Live action one that lasted for a season and not the more recent live action one that lasted for only two seasons, but the three season ender uh, <laughs> cartoon one that kind of really boosted up the tick yeah. and made it a kind of a cult classic. And then we're kind of doing a whatever you want casting. Um, one, we didn't want to recast three ninjas because you know how much we hate kid <laughs> casting kids. And I just I, I couldn't think of you just hire three freaking Martial art kids. That's what they did for this movie. Yeah, you can tell they couldn't act Oh, Spoiler (laughs) alert. (laughs) Um, And then we could have casted the tick, but the tick just already had a show that just ended uh, last year. And so I I didn't feel that we needed to do that one. So we're kind of doing a a fun Marvel casting of uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants into the mcu at least that's kind of how we always do our castings kind of into the mcu um so i'm excited about that one there's a lot of cool characters and a lot of the 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 stuff that we cast are the heroes are like the hero teams and this one, it's like well let's do a villain team to get some like cool villain characters so Mm -hmm. so yeah so we got kind of a mishmash of different things and um and it started in 1992 when three ninjas came back john so uh could you please kind of time warp us back to 1992 if you will
0: all right so the movie came out on August 7th of 1992 the Billboard top 100 single of that week Adam it's it's delicious and it's apt that you said kick butt because the top 10 <laughs> single for that week was baby got back by sir lot I like big butts and I cannot lie you other brothers In your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuck Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get whipped up and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes... me so horny. Ooh, romp a smooth skin. You say you
1: wanna get... More- oh, yeah. What a good song. I'm so happy that that one gets to be played. Perfect timing. What a, what a great time in this world. You got three <laughs> ninjas. You got... Baby Got Back sir Mix, a lot one of the best one hit wonders of all time probably
0: Yeah the Olympics happened that year Barcelona everyone was all hopeful mm. and then uh, to bring it down you know we also had the LA riots
1: Yeah yeah a little bit of everything <laughs> yeah. which is uh, very fitting for what's going on with the time that we're recording this episode Yeah which we're not going to talk about that we're not you know a big political podcast we are a silly nostalgic podcast and that's yep. what we're going to stick to keep things light Uh, With kids beating up adults. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of the Barcelona Olympics, that was what was topping the Nielsen ratings that week because they were going on that specific week. Hell yeah, which is nice. I kind of remember watching the Barcelona Olympics. I remember the Olympics was always a big deal um, in our Mm -hmm. house. Especially, I mean, especially with our dad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: One of the things I always liked about watching the Olympics was it was at a time when you could see sports that you never saw on tv nowadays you can find any sport on tv in fact i know this because our father watches so much sports on tv i see all of these sports like through the years like leading up to the olympics like he'll be watching some big like archery mm-hmm. tournament i'm like what is this they're like oh it's the world championships or whatever i'm like never even thought about the fact that they have a world championships of yeah you know arching archery. or archery or curling or whatever mm-hmm. it is um <laughs> Of course, we're talking about a man who literally would take two weeks off of work to sit and watch all the Olympics that he could. Yeah. (laughs) The New York Times bestseller was a Stephen King novel called Gerald's Game, which I'm not familiar with. And I was happy to see this in video games. Um, Not that week, but later that month was the release of quite possibly my second favorite video game of all time. Maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's it's definitely it's definitely top 3. Uh the Super NES Super Mario Kart. Oh, okay. I still play that game.
1: Yeah, okay. And so you would you take that I mean maybe that series? I I've always been more partial to the Nintendo 64 Mario Kart.
0: Well, I've never played the Nintendo 64 Mario Kart. I've I've only oh, ever played the SNES version and the Switch version. Wow, okay. I still like Mario Kart in all of its iterations, so yeah. I probably would have loved it, but the, the original classic one is it's more nostalgic for me. Fair enough. I mean, when I was in college in the early 2000s, we had an SNES with just Super Mario Kart in it, in, mm-hmm. in the living room of the house that I lived in. Very nice. And one last thing about 1992, apparently uh, the brand Upper Deck, Adam, do you remember baseball yeah. cards? Oh, of course, of course. We used to, we used to collect baseball cards.
1: Yeah. We, we had we had our different you know our little booklets or whatever like the filing folders yeah. that kind of stuff that we had with a bunch of I mean of course in the '90s everyone was of collecting them and they weren't worth shit
0: yeah I know I tried to sell some never got them <laughs> sold um, so th- they would all they would all get numbered you know. Uh, the mm. card, each card had its own number, not just the number of the player, but the actual card had its number. Okay. Apparently that year, Upper Deck had a little bit of a sense of humor and every uh, number that ended in 6-9 had a player who had a porn sounding name.
1: Oh, that's Awesome.
0: So, like, Dick Schofield was number 269, and Heathcliff's slow cum was 569. <laughs> Dickie Thawne was 769. So, anytime they had something like that, somebody was getting bored in the office, obviously, when yeah. they were, when they were freaking picking these out. I mean, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and that was 1992. All right.
1: Well, before we get into the movie, we have got a special message for you. Have you been looking for a lawyer who's also a ninja? I have, but only in the state of Georgia. Only in the state of Georgia. You can find a lawyer who's so good at everything. He's got ninja skills. He can, like, use a katana and, and, and cut stuff, and he can, like, he's just super awesome. And makes Julian fries. And he can make Yeah, he can make Julian fries. Whatever the hell he wants to do, because he's that good at lawyering. And his name is Jody Sellers from the Sellers Law Firm. If you're facing divorce, child custody, DUI arrest, or other family and criminal matters, maybe a, uh, a ninja guy comes in and tries to steal your three kids while he's when he's selling uh, you know nuclear weapons. Who knows? The Sellers Law Firm is there for you. He helps fa- families get back to what's important to them, and that is the art of ninja. And Jody Sellers is there for you. I can guarantee it. The Sellers Law Firm is dedicated to helping clients throughout the state of Georgia. And at this law firm, you're not just a client. You're Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> so check them out at The Seller's Law Firm on all the social medias. Give them a call at 770-415-9848, thesellerslawfirm.com. Ninja! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now we're going to talk about three ninjas. And uh, this movie, as we mentioned, came out in 1992, is directed by John Turtletaub. Uh, He also directed Cool Runnings, um, uh, which was definitely my favorite of the other ones that he has directed. He also did Phenomenon and While You Were Sleeping, were some of the others that I remember.
0: I've never seen any of those movies you just listed, including, including Cool Runnings. Never seen it.
1: Oh, my God. I bought that one. I saw it at, like, a, a goodwill. I bought that one just because I was like, oh, we're going to get to this soon. Uh, I'm sure we will. Um, you know, maybe come Winter Olympics time, we got to put on Cool, cool Runnings and, and do that one.
0: That's not going to be for another two
1: years. Well, we'll fucking figure it out, John. <laughs> <Not laughs> hopefully we'll we're still around keep... by then. Yes, hopefully. This movie has spawned three sequels to it, which were... Three Ninjas Kickback, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up, and Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, uh, which is where they fight Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think any of the uh, the main kids return to that one. Uh, the cast for this film, the grandfather, is played by Victor Wong. We love Victor Wong yeah. um, from Tremors, Big Trouble in Little China. The guy is, is just, he's awesome. Fun actor. Yes, he is a fun actor. Um, the three kids, Rocky Colt and Tum Tum, are played by Michael Trainer, Max Slade, and Chad Power. None of them really did anything else other than uh, Max Slade. he he was in both of the other or two of the other sequels, mm-hmm. while the others were just in one of the other sequels. but uh, Max Slade was also uh, had a small part in the movie Parenthood, the Steve Martin movie that we love. Mm. Um, as well as he played I think it was uh, Jim Lovell's son in Apollo 13. Oh, really. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, this would
0: that would have only been two years after this, so. Mm Mhm.
1: Which was, you know, he didn't have a big part, but you know, there's, there's, you you see spots, uh, you see, see him in there. So
0: you mean the one? uh, um, Oh gosh, the the one who was at the military academy. Uh, That son?
1: No, I I don't know. He played his son. That's all I know. Okay. Oh no, no, no.
0: it is him. Yeah, it's I see it. It's him. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, And
1: then Snyder. Who is the bad guy? Is played by Rand Kingsley, who only had one other credit to I his saw name. Saw that, and, and it wasn't a movie that I recognized. Yeah, so I just I kind of felt bad for the dude. <laughs> I like,
0: well, I mean, this well, was I'm, this yeah. was not that this was a huge blockbuster movie, but kids our age all knew this movie. Yes. it's kind of like how did he? He must he must have landed it for his martial arts skills. Maybe that's skills. Skills. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> skills? Question <laughs> <And> mark.
1: <laughs> Um yeah, you're right though. It was pretty big. You know, the film opened at the box office in the number 4 position, which isn't very big, but by the end of its 6-week run, it grossed $29 million domestically. But considering that the budget was only 2.5 million. That's
0: pretty great.
1: Yes. I mean, that's over 10 times the cost of the film that it made back, so it was a huge financial success. It turned out to be the most profitable film of the year in terms to cost to gross ratio. Yeah. So yeah, making ten times your money on anything is make is a huge success as to why they made three more from it. Um, and apparently, just a fun little fact: apparently, the three the three ninjas, uh, the actors, Slade, Power, and Trainer, um, they host an annual screening and Q and A uh, in Oak Park, California, uh, each year. <laughs> so that's kind of cute. I don't know if people need to go every year
0: and ask questions. <laughs> how many how many questions they're going to have each year about it? But maybe it's a, maybe it's a small place and they can only fit so many people.
1: Probably. All right. Um. We'll get into the film and we meet these three kids and their Japanese grandfather who is also their ninja trainer. We pretty quickly get into a little montage of them training. And when I say a montage of them training, John, mostly it's just them doing some stuff and, and the kids saying "aya! aya!" <laughs> like I heard the kids saying "aya." Oh my god. N- aren't ninjas supposed to be quiet? Like <laughs> if they if they have to chant or say something every time they strike, then that's not that doesn't seem very ninja to me. That's fair. <laughs> to me they were definitely
0: doing more karate than yeah. ninjutsu. Also, some of the stuff they were using was definitely Chinese and not Japanese. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Victor Wong is, is of Chinese
1: descent as yes. well. So. But, yeah, so, um, but, you know, this is not the kind of movie that uh, they're looking for cultural acu- accuracy, yeah. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what this is about. You know, the grandfather, you know, with, with their end of this training, he gives them different ninja masks and names. And uh, Samuel is now going to be called Rocky. And Jeffrey is going to be called Colt. And Michael will be called Tum Tum. I don't know who came up with these names. Why the fuck did they do that? Like, just couldn't they have just already had those silly names? Because, one, is a ninja name a thing? Is a ninja mask a thing? Like, I understand, like, Kabuki Theater, you know, is a mask kind of thing. But that's not ninja. Yeah. That's, That's totally different. And so... It, it, it almost seemed like it was more Native American the way he gave them names, like, oh, yeah. you are solid, and so I call you Rocky. Like, god damn. It's just, it was, I hated that. I, I it it was, really
0: seems like they just took uh, a mishmash of whatever they could find that was that was culturally Asian in some way and just like, mm-hmm. we're gonna say this is Japanese and this is what they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's no one's gonna know the difference. Ninjas don't wear, like, super bright-colored masks and bright-colored you know, geese, or don't, they don't even wear geese. Whatever their uniform is, or maybe it is a gee. I don't know.
0: Okay. I used to know, to the... but I don't know anymore.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they ever knew in this movie. If
0: only I had a means of looking it up. That with... <laughs> was right in front of me.
1: Oh well. Oh well. Eh, well, we don't. So let's
0: move on because this is 1992, John. <laughs> <laughs> Internet takes forever in 1982.
1: So then we cut to the dad who is apparently an FBI agent. There's also some things here that we get throughout the the theme of the movie which is the dad, you know, he works too much and he doesn't make time for his kids.
0: I want I want to interject something here. So I watched this movie with my kids and okay. um it was just me and them. It was just me and them the two of them. And we got to this point they talked about the dad and we're watching it and limo drives into the warehouse and it's clearly a meeting between bad guys or what it looks mm-hmm. like a meeting between bad guys and my son without essentially saying this was like what the hell he's a <laughs> bad guy the father is a and obviously he didn't he didn't say it like that my <laughs> my son is much too goody-goody to use any kind of foul language yeah, uh-huh. um but it was just sort of it was funny and then when they showed then when the turn comes and it comes to fbi then he was like okay fine okay all right i'm all right with this <laughs> he, he was in inve- they they duped him good they did they duped him they, he was invested and that was about the last time he was invested in the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. But yeah, so the dad's doing like a sting operation. But Snyder gets away with the help of his bad ninja syndicate that obviously <laughs> that all bad guys have naturally. Yeah. Who were, oh my God. I just want to start the 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 look of them. It just felt like a ripoff and a poor ripoff of uh, the Foot Clan. Yeah. To me. they they, I mean they didn't they didn't look nearly as cool as the foot clan but they had like these like like clear goggles on yeah for no reason like why did they need them I don't know and and it just kind of it just kind of reminded me of like the goggle kind of look that they had in the foot clan I mean there's a lot the guy whoever, whoever wrote this I think was obviously like almost like a cash grab of hey ninja turtles are really hot yeah let's try and get some of that and use it with like
0: humans instead what year did uh, Secret of the Ooze come out? Maybe this is around that time and.
1: Oh, it probably, probably. I want to say it might have been after this.
0: Okay, um, but I mean the timeline is definitely right. If, the movie, if Ninja Girls came out in ninety, uh, it got. Oh, I was wrong. Ninety uh, one. Okay, so yeah, so there must have been a big high train of ninja stuff going yeah. on around.
1: Uh, they they cranked out Ooze quick. Yeah. From after the first one. Wow, I didn't realize it was only a year later.
0: Probably felt like forever.
1: Yeah, for us, absolutely. Yeah, for 10-year-old John. And you know what? I can't wait till we can get into to Secret of the U's. Because I know. a lot of people shit on Secret of the U's, and I'm like, fuck you, I love Secret of the Use. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying to all our fans out there. <laughs> fuck you, I love Secret of the U's, and I can't wait to do that one. <laughs> so... Snyder eventually gets away with the you know, help of a helicopter as well. Uh, we got to his office and we see one of the best parts of the movie. Well, granted, his acting is not, but just seeing him made me happy. Professor uh, Toru Ta- Tanaka, who we know and we've already talked about in our movie, in the movie Running Man, because he played Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero! Ah, oh, it's so good to see him. Now, plain Zero. <laughs> <laughs> he just He's just good at standing and looking <laughs> yes. intimidating.
0: That's what he does. Yeah. I wish I could just hire him to stand. I wish I could have hired him to stand in my classroom. Oh my God. Yeah. Shut up the (laughs) kid.
1: But Snyder's kind of just pissed at stuff because his weapons deal did not go out. Um, And he knows that the FBI agent is tied to Maury, the grandfather, who he has a tie to, that they were partners at some point. So we know that there's some kind of shady shit going on between Snyder and and the grandfather Uh, we cut to the grandfather's place the kids are eh, being silly with each other being silly prepping dinner shit like that um, doing ninja shit while they cook dinner uh, the grandfather gives some more kind of a uh, lessons about being a ninja shit like that just talking yeah. more almost more like Confucius shit than really so they, are, they just kind of yeah more mishmash of stuff then uh, comes Snyder and his and his bad guys they pull up in in that limo and it just oh my god the cheese factor john like when he steps out of the limo there's like this this hit of music <laughs> music that comes out when he it's just like oh i get it he's the bad guy <laughs> i mean at one point this is this is obviously not this is a kids movie and this is a hardcore kids movie this is not one that is like even like a Pixar movie where you're going to get some adult themes and some yeah. real um you know some real writing <laughs> this is just blatant in like farcical kid comedy yeah at one point even Snyder's like I love being the bad guy and it's like oh, yeah God. no bad guys don't say that i know just come on give us give us some real characters please but uh, then we get a whole cheesy fight scene with Snyder's ninjas and the grandfather and the kids and it's just like that you get those sound effects you know they're using all the cheesy sound effects and all that kind of stuff which I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what your kids think of this one later because we watched this as kids yeah we were fond of this movie yeah as we were kids you know I, I and I always kind of lump this in because I think the following year I think it was 90 Three when Surf Ninjas because cause it's like yeah, you're right. It was this was the, the early nineties was ninja time for kids. Between turtles, three ninjas, surf ninjas. Mm-hmm. It was a time for, for ninjas to to just, you know, run amok. Um and I've always I always remembered three ninjas being like a fond movie, being like one that, you know, I, I was Really, really in love with as a kid. What about what about you? Do you remember this one being any particular?
0: Oh yeah, I remember being fond of the movie and and watching it multiple times and and having fun with it. Um, funny thing to say uh, about the the sound effects. Apparently, that was only in the U.S. version. The international version did not have the stupid cartoon oh. sound effects.
1: Oh, see, and I wish that, I, you know what, maybe I should have watched that one then because I might have, maybe I would have appreciated that more.
0: Apparently, I it's not on there now, but apparently whenever it shows up on Netflix, uh, mm-hmm. it's usually the international version.
1: Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't love the kid soundy sound effects. I just don't think it really yeah. fits. It's, it also had like some lame choreography as well, but at the same time, you're having these kids who are not. Grown adult martial artists and choreographers right. and that kind of stuff. But there's something I got to say. Oh, I mean, they're fighting trained ninjas here. Yes. I don't know martial arts, John. Mm-hmm. I don't. But I am confident I can beat up an 11-year-old who does know martial <laughs> arts, who is a black belt. You give them without any weapons, you know, and you get me without any weapons, I can guarantee you I can beat up that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I am so dead certain of it. It's just it's just how it's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it pisses me off that these actual martial artists you know, and I know it's a kids' movie, and you gotta, you know, they're they're that's their whole thing is the whole gravitas of them being able to beat up adult martial artists. Ha ha ha, it's so cute, we're awesome kids. But like me watching this as an adult (laughs) is so different than me watching this as a kid. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? I could beat the shit out of that eleven year old.
0: You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I've actually had a confrontation once uh, as a teacher with a kid.
1: Oh, you smack his ass, John? No, of just course fucking, not. Uh, I know. That's a joke. I would have been
0: fired. <laughs> no, but I did, uh, like, you know, a kid tried to just, like, I'll beat you up. And this is a kid who's, like, half my size. And all I said to him, I said, like, dude, look at me. All I have to do is land on you. It's <laughs> like, I don't have to do anything.
1: <laughs> I was, like, yeah. You have to not 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 gracefully fall on any body part of his, and he's down for the count.
0: Yeah, he kind of was like, you know, I'm a big guy, mm-hmm. and so for little kids, like you know, telling someone they're fat, they think that's funny, but when you turn it around on them, they don't know how to take it. Uh huh. So like I, we had to we had a behavior class that we had to deal with, and and so the, to be fair, like you have to kind of, I'm not going to talk about how you teach you know kids with behavior issues because that's a whole another thing I don't want to have to deal with. But I found that when they would throw a joke at me, if I flipped it mm-hmm. on myself, it would shut them up. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like someone was like, dude, you're... And, and this is literally a kid was like, dude, you're fucking huge. And I'm like, I know, right? It's amazing. And he was like, I, I don't know how to take this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was expecting you to get mad and I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. So I just found if you do that, they it usually shuts them up. Smart. I don't know how the hell we got on this. Uh, beating up kids, beating John. Up- <laughs> so <yeah.
1: laughs> Anyway... So the kids beat up all the other ninjas, uh, or you know that Snyder brought, who basically just laughs about it. And uh, basically, Snyder tries to tell the grandfather that uh, to get his son-in-law, the kids' dad, off of his back. And uh, he basically leaves them with a warning, just basically being like, "Hey, do this, or I'll kill the dad, or I'll maybe I'll steal the kids, or whatever, some shit like that." Yeah. The grandfather now teaches the kids a special technique of uh, hitting specific pain points. A.K.A. kicking a guy in the crotch. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Apparently, you can hit him, like, somewhere in the chest or neck, the armpits, which are sensitive, you know, yeah. if you get a punch in the armpits, or, and then the crotch. Hilarious. Luckily, though, it at least comes back later. Yeah. So I'm, I'm at least thankful for that. Now, on the way back to town, the kids sing a song about, oh, yeah, did you get this, John? <laughs> so they were driving back into town with their grandfather, and they're singing a song. And one of the lines was...
0: Ah. Covered with blood. I shot my poor teacher with a 44
1: stud. I shot my poor teacher with a 44 stud. And it's, uh, I just, listening to it now is like, holy shit, this is very like pre Columbine yeah. days. You don't just make, throw out those, and I remember those kind of songs, Yeah, you know, when you're younger. But like, I don't feel that those songs are as, um, they're not as widespread as they used to be. Because of all the the school violence, I
0: don't know. My kids still know the Batman smells one.
1: <laughs> what, else, what is there more to that song that makes it worse? That makes it worse. No, but yeah, I'm, but I'm, that's, I'm, Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. But I'm what just you're saying, saying, like, like shooting your teacher. Like the whole joke of the song
0: was they were going to pull a gun and shoot their teacher. See, I don't. I, I remember the song differently. I, I don't. I remember. I can't remember exactly what the ending is. I just remember the ending actually sort of rhymed with cheese.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, but this they they were doing a different version of it. It, it was the same style right. of top of old smoky but but yeah but they were doing it there it, it just i don't know it just came across it came across different today than obviously it did when i was younger and before you know there's a lot more uh school shootings that you hear about <laughs> yeah the kids tell their dad their new ninja names who doesn't approve of all this stuff he apparently doesn't like their grandfather and that the grandfather's teaching them the ways of the ninja <laughs> he's teaching them ninja yeah i know oh, yeah and as you said it right there man i've Fucking hate it. And I kind of mentioned this to you right before. I cannot stand that they do not use the word ninjutsu once in this movie. (laughs) He's teaching them or, quote unquote, supposed to be teaching them ninjutsu. But the kids and the grandfather just says, ah, I teach you ninja. It's like, no, it has a specific name. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm I'm getting frustrated, John. (laughs) We also have some, you know, girls around around the neighborhood that uh, that Rocky is interested in one in particular who will become a, a character we cut to some a scene of these weird ass surfers who are sticking up a convenience store uh, they work for Snyder apparently or at least Snyder's um, second hand right hand man uh, and they're told to kill or to, to kidnap the boys kind of as as the warning for the grandfather we got unfortunately I I forgot all about these guys. I just I just didn't remember the Surfer dudes as a major part of the movie, but they are in this film yeah. a lot more than I thought. Yeah. And I hated every <laughs> fucking second of them. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they had that, that terrible surfer, like over the top surfer accent where they were like the definitely the director said, Hey, channel your inner Bill and Ted, and that's yeah. what we want.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: my apologies, my good man. Hammer? Go score the frozen fruit concentrate and those gnarly little snack cakes. No sweat, dude. Cool. Marcus, score some nacho chips and some radical salsa. Dude, none of that green stuff. Dude. And you, my good man, open up the cash register. That's right, dude. Us three boneheads are sticking you up. Dude. But it wasn't, it wasn't like Bill and Ted. I love Bill and Ted and it's great for that, but like, they took it to another level and it just was not funny. It was so awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, we cut to the kids at home. They're just kind of being annoying brothers to each other, making fun of Rocky for who now has a you know one of those can phone lines to his girlfriend. Yeah, but
0: it wasn't attached to anything.
1: Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw that too. Like at certain cuts I could like I thought I saw a string at some points, but then other points I was like, Where's the fucking string? Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. And then they also got like perfect reception through it, yeah. which if you talk into those cans, it does not you get maybe hear like a tiny muffly something, yeah. but you can't understand words. Yeah. <laughs> The kidnappers come. Uh, they have a van that says "Die Yuppie Scum," which I thought was kind of funny. That was pretty. Because um, they're hippies, you know, and yuppies. Yuppies. I for the longest time I kind of thought yuppies and hippies were synonymous. That it was just another way for that. But I eventually realized yuppie is kind of like the Wall Street douche yeah. kind of guy, and then the hippie is is uh, you know the other stuff.
0: I always thought yuppie and preppy were synonymous.
1: Yeah, and, and then you're probably right there. Okay. So yes, I, that's
0: that's that's true. Or closer to the truth, anyway.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, But they're going to wait it out because they see the FBI father is there and whatnot. So uh, in the morning, the kids head to school and the surfer kidnappers, you know, follow them. I can't. Here, my road is I can't stand the surfer, guys. I already talked about that. I don't need to mention it again. Um, (laughs) But, you know, as they're following, they're just they're just imbeciles. And we see that they end up running into a cop. Ha ha ha. Hilarious because they're dumb. Emily. Who is the girl that uh, Rocky likes? She rode bikes with them, and she ends up getting—you know—the boys all kind of leave ahead of her because they're—I don't know—being macho-esque, driving fast boys, which I get. That kind of happens. Well,
0: they cut through—they cut through like a construction site that says "keep out." And yeah, she won't do it, so she goes through around the street.
1: And doing so, she runs into these very cliche bullies. Mm-hmm. Who stole her bike. And I don't know why the kids just didn't go right there. They could have easily caught up to the kids with the bike and yeah. taken it back, because one of them had to bike while he was holding a side bike. Yeah. You can't bike that fast when you do that. But he, they were just like, okay, we'll we'll get your back or bike back for you, I promise. And I was like, do it fucking now. Yeah. But whatever. They wanted to save it for this big epic moment later. Boiler alert, it's not epic. <clears throat> All right. At school, uh well, actually, yeah, we 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 go we get into that. At school, Colt runs into the bullies. Uh, They end up playing basketball for it. They play two-on-two, and of course, because of the kids' ninja skills, they win, and at the end, Rocky does this dunk, which looked awful to me, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) There's no way this kid can dunk. They win the bike back, and yay, it's awesome, and it's not awesome. I hated that scene. God, I hated that
0: I I'm not sure which scene I haven't hated. (laughs) Hold on a second. When you watched it, they won the basketball game? Yeah, they played for the bike. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have watched the international version because I for, I forgot that was the other difference is that in is that they lose in the international version and that's the version I saw. Oh, huh. Mine in mine they totally
1: they won. Like there was this. Did you have a big dunk at the end? Yes, but they still lost. How did they lose?
0: That in the end that wasn't the winning shot. That was like their number nine shot, and then the other guys got it and and, and got four? it in and scored. Yeah.
1: Okay, I, I definitely
0: didn't see the guys getting in and score. I'm pretty sure the dunk was the win. I did think that was weird. I was watching it, and I was like, God, I thought I remembered them winning the basketball game. Huh. And I did look up, and I did find out later that the, the basketball game was another difference between the international... I must have watched the international version. Okay, yeah, must have. Oh, wow.
1: Interesting. Interesting. How did you... I, I I got my DVD from Netflix. I got the, the Netflix actual
0: DVD. I, I rented it off of iTunes.
1: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, different sides. Who knows? Huh. So... Depending on your version, the kids win or don't win the bike back. (laughs) The grandfather uh, follows Snyder in his ninja gear. He's trying to kind of basically staking out his stuff. Uh, The kids at home find a picture of the grandfather with the bad guy, Snyder. And they're all like, like, oh, wait, what is is our grandfather a bad guy, too? But that kind of I don't know. They kind of go away from that pretty quickly. They just side with their grandfather. Uh, The surfer fucks come back. Uh, They invade the house. They kind of trap the babysitter into a closet and now uh, the kids want to protect themselves and protect the house. And, you know, you get a cutish little line or Tum Tum goes,
0: let's moralize.
1: And I'm like, uh, as a kid, probably maybe that was funny. Yeah. Um, so they suit up into their ninja gear. They use much like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. They use some uh, household objects <laughs> to fight the kids. This is definitely kind of some rip-offs of
0: that. I think my son even said that. I think he said something. I was like, this is just like Home Alone. It
1: definitely had bits of that. You know, They used the, the things and, and their ninja skills to evade the, the kidnappers throwing CDs at them, feeding them instant diarrhea, um, which was just...
0: Uh, God damn it. This scene was where my daughter laughed the loudest, and it was with all the like stupid like slapsticky stuff.
1: Yeah, it, it was. It was very farcical uh slapsticky humor and i can see that as a kid this is the right kind of humor for you for that kind of stuff you know as an adult i'm like how do these fucking surfer guys i know they're dumb and it's established that they're dumb but like why are they just drinking this soda that the kid offers but then also the second that they taste it don't realize it doesn't taste like coke it's got something mixed into it i don't know it just it, it hit me totally different yeah. You know uh, the kidnappers, though. I guess their one semi-intelligent thing that they did is they used that tin can phone to get uh, Emily to come over, and they basically use try to use her as a bargaining chip to get the kids. But of course, and that's that's when the time of the other two, uh, the diarrhea sets in, and so <laughs> so they have to run to the bathroom, and then they beat up the one main guy, and as well as the other ones. But then in comes Sub Zero, and he takes the kids. Yep. I'm rooting for Sub-Zero right now, man. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> love that guy. Later, uh, the parents are with, with cops trying to figure out you know who took the boys, obviously, that they were kidnapped. Um, they find out that it was Snyder from a note from Emily, and the grandfather comes with all of his ninja gear to go after them first. He, he He requests for, you know, give me an hour before you send the cops in, and I will get the kids out. Snyder has a big ninja training boat. Basically, that's where he does all of his main operations out of, apparently. Uh, That's where the boys are taken. And they very quickly outsmart the guard in their room and get out of there. And it just, uh, another, it just didn't seem very believable (laughs) that they, I mean, they're just, every person in this bad syndicate is just a fucking idiot. Yeah. I I can't stand it.
0: Well, you know, he's got, he needs a lot of people. So it's, it's quantity (laughs) over quality for this guy, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think. Um, I, Snyder I, Snyder needs to invest in an HR department that will give a better onboarding program yeah. that will hopefully teach them some more stuff.
0: I think I, I actually posted something on social media about this as I was watching it, but um, nothing screams 80s, or I guess in this case, early 90s to me as a ninja with an M16, which is <laughs> yeah. what you see in the guard. Some of the guards have M16s, and they're all called like Frankie. Like, <laughs> hey, Frankie.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, all. that's all terrible stuff.
0: Nothing, but yeah, like, I, nothing like a Long Island ninja with an M16.
1: But that is that does seem very 90s. What's <laughs> the point of the ninja gear and being a ninja if you also have the N 16 Yeah. So anyway, the kids fight off multiple sets of ninja opponents. Uh, the grandfather's also kind of working his way through. We get some kind of cute lines during this fighting through the boat stuff where the kids are like,
0: We should run. We should hide. We should kick their butts.
1: <laughs> 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 Funny. Uh, another one where they're like, no!
0: you're
1: pretty good. Oh. Not. Hey, you're pretty good. Not when they're fighting another kid. I mean, that's that is very 90s, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then they eventually run into Sub-Zero again. I can't even remember. What I mean, he's just he's <laughs> Sub-Zero to me. <laughs> so, but here is where the help of the grandfather kind of tells them, you know, oh, remember the pain points. And so that's how they beat him is giving him like the pain point kicks and punches to the Kind of the throat and the underarm and then the uh, and the groin yep. stuff like that. So so they end up beating him. Then Snyder comes in with a bunch of ninjas with the guns. They just kind of surround him, and the grandfather makes a deal. and said, "All right, we'll fight alone. And if the grandfather wins, the kids go free." At first, it does not start looking good. You know, it does not look good for the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Snyder. You know, they kind of have a battle. It kind of seems even even at first. Then Snyder really takes over and start kicking the grandfather's ass. That is until the grandfather had some jelly beans that Tum Tum gave him for luck that he throws into the mouth of Snyder, which somehow makes him like lurch back and be like, oh, my God. It's like, well, just chew them, man. They're just my weakness. My weakness is jelly beans. How did you know? What a world. What a world. But that, I guess, distracts him enough that the grandfather wins and the kids go free. But at this point, Snyder grabs a gun and he's you know when he was beaten he was he was kind of down and out but then he grabbed the gun and he's about to kill him but just as he's about to kill him the father comes in with his fbi guys and shoots snyder which i'm kind of surprised that he would have taken that shot with all of his kids surrounding them yeah i don't think that they would have done that they would have just said hey stop it you're <laughs> surrounded but whatever and then you know they're saved the dad begins to be more of a dad too he says like i'm uh, you do this. You do the paperwork, buddy. I'm going to go spend time <laughs> with my kids. And then I, I'd be waiting for the commissioner to be like, Then you're fucking fired. <laughs> he takes them out for pizza. Their grandfather says a line. I hate pizza. I hate pizza. I think that's a call out to t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's kind of like a, ha ha, we get it. uh huh. But we're, we're different than them. And then the movie ends with a very 90s song uh, as the credits roll by Will Rock. And the song's Kid Power That was obviously done for this movie Yeah I'm going for mine every time you see me Laugh and treat me bad But you can't defeat me I believe in myself That's why you can't fade This with wittiful, logical, totally awesome arrangement Prepare for any situation Be a good, bad, or even petty application
0: Hanging out of school trying to
1: gain a reputation All it's gonna get you is a long vacation Power Power
0: of the yeah. kids Power Kid yeah. Power Power. Power.
1: Power I moved quickly through that because there's not much to this movie. It's a pretty short film already. With a lot of the action scenes or a lot of like that those kind of montage stuff, there's not much to discuss. So I kinda go through pretty quickly. I'd like to hear first what your kids thought about the movie, then what you thought about the movie, and then I'll I'll talk about okay. it Buzz. because, you know, I, I'm hoping that the kids have a have a thought because we you know or I hope it kind of comes back to what, what we thought we know when we were kids. You yeah. Know? I, yeah.
0: Um, I didn't really get the sense that, that it made a lasting impression on them. Okay. Um, I think there were scenes that made them laugh. I mean, there was some pretty funny stuff and stuff that was definitely you know garnered towards kids, and they fed into that, and so they laughed. For some reason, the stupid scene when Tum Tum uh, hits that one guy in the bathroom with the boar's head, uh-huh. she laughed for like a good solid minute at that. Why? I, that wasn't my, even funny.
1: My daughter's weird. And she <laughs> and she's a lot more violent than your son. So I could see her I could totally see her wrong. appreciating. Yeah, I could see her appreciating this film more.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I don't think I don't think my son really got much out of it. Okay. I think I think at first he was a little invested and then slowly he became less invested and she was sort of in and out. Okay. So overall I don't expect them to ever ask me to to say this again although I've been surprised before I've had them watch movies where I didn't think they were interested and then my daughter would come back and say hey I want to watch that again mm-hmm. yeah so I didn't buy it I just rented it and so if they want to watch it again they can pay for it uh, yeah fair enough so uh personally eh, I, I got out of it what I expected which was I expected it to be really bad really cheesy it, it delivered <laughs> exactly what my expectations said um it's uh it's a movie that i remember fondly but i knew that it was not going to hold up i just i knew it in my head and i don't i don't i don't even think like that played a part like i think if i had expected it to be great i still would have walked away saying wow that was bad (laughs) Uh i thought this
1: movie was fucking awful (laughs) (laughs) nothing landed for me as an adult rewatching this movie nothing The score was bad. The acting was bad. The writing was bad. The fight scenes were bad. Please, people, I urge you, do not watch this film as an adult. I the only recommendation, if you have, if a kid who is into action stuff, you know, and they and they're at that, you have to be at that perfect age to find the stuff like the the boar's head, like five, six, seven at most. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, five, six, seven at most. But if you were curious, if Three Ninjas was as good as you remember. It's not. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. And, you know, we did this one because um, Jody Sellers from the Sellers Law Firm really wanted us to do it. And we're like, well, we'll do it, but you have to sponsor the episode. And so we did. And, Jody, may God have mercy on your soul for making me watch this one, man. This was never again. Please, fucking God, never again. We just recently did some other bad movie, Mac and Me, before this one, like two weeks ago. And I would watch a whole bucket of mac and me's over Three Ninjas. Like seriously, this this was maybe my least favorite. Maybe it it's it's up there with like Baby Secret of the Lost Legend. It really is, man. As one of my least favorite that we've ever reviewed. So,
0: oh, fuck this film, man. Strong words. So bad. Strong words.
1: All right, now we talk The Tick. From 1994 to 1996, it had a total of three seasons, 36 episodes. It was created, uh, The Tick was created by Ben Edlund, who is a cartoonist. Um, He actually created The Tick when he was just 18 years old. Wow. Uh, Yeah, and uh, who first appeared in 1986 as a newsletter mascot for the New England comics chain of Boston-area comic book stores. Huh. Yeah, so he was a mascot for that, and then he kind of turned into his own kind of comic series. Um, and in general, the character is kind of a parody of American comic book superheroes, and that's that plays a huge part in the show. IGN listed The Tick as uh, the number 57 in the top 100 comic book heroes of all time, which seems high to me, but, uh-huh. but I never read the comic book. Yeah. But also, uh, Ben Edlund was an accomplished TV writer. He wrote uh, a couple episodes of Firefly, which we oh. know had some really good writing. He wrote uh, episodes for Angel and Supernatural. Um, so, yeah, he, he turned out to do some, some really awesome stuff. Christopher McCulloch was a writer on the comic and the TV show of The Tick, mm. which he eventually went on to create The Venture Brothers. Uh, oh. Which is that um, Adult Swim show, which yeah. I think actually makes total sense because there's a it, similarly is a parody of like old action adventure shows. It's You know, it's a kind of a parody cartoon show. And I think that fits perfectly for him. I've never actually seen it. I've seen like one episode, but and it's fine. But I, I have some friends who are like really into it and really loved it. And it's, you know, I get it. The cast for this show, The Tick, is voiced by Townsend Coleman. Well, you're just like little Jack Horner. You've stuck
0: your thumb into the Christmas pie of my brain and pulled out the plum of my innermost dreams. How do you do it?
1: We love him and we talked about him before because he was Michelangelo in the uh, 80s and early 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Arthur was voiced by Rob Paulson. This is becoming one of those tick things again, isn't it? Yeah, where you get all excited about something, and suddenly it's all you can think about, and the next thing you know, you're way out of touch with reality. He's done a million things. We've talked about him a million times, damn near as many times as we've talked about Frank Welker. And he was Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show from the, early, from the '90s and 80s, 90s.
0: Now, I noticed that there were actually two people who were listed as uh, the voice for Arthur. Correct. Season
1: one was actually Mickey Dolan's. Who did Arthur? You'll never get away with this, you overconfident blob. The tick will be onto that flimsy fabrication in a second. He hasn't got a chance against the always wary eye of the ever alert tick. From the monkeys. From the monkeys, exactly. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. (laughs) <laughs> which is awesome. And actually I liked his voice as Arthur. It, it, yeah. It I didn't made, mind it. Yeah. So I'm not sure what there was as to why maybe he wanted more money and Rob Paulson could come in and also kind of like, you know, recreate the voice pretty well or do his own kind of spin. Yeah. I mean, um, I think
0: yeah. in, in the end, Rob Paulson was, was the better choice just because he, mm-hmm. he's he's a, he's a voice actor guy. He does. Yeah. So, you know, he knows how to make this. And, and uh, I, I, I think, I mean, if you made me choose between the two, I would choose Rob Paulson any yeah. day but it was it was really interesting to see Mickey Dolan's just on the you know on mm-hmm. the cast list. <laughs> yeah.
1: Deflator Mouse was voiced by Cam Clark. Hey sweetheart, what you got in that poodle gun? Anything for me? Who we probably know best and talked about him before cuz he was Leonardo in the t- late 80s early 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And then Barry Gordon, who voiced Donatello, did not appear in the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we had all of the other turtles but not Donatello. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. I I wanted that, John. (laughs) You wanted it to happen. And then the last specific person I wanted to call at least specific character was American Maid. She appeared quite a bit. Yeah. And that was voiced by uh, Kay lens.
0: Listen, you blue goon, you ruined a night's work.
1: She has tons of credits and not a whole bunch of other voice work, but she's, she's done plenty of work and she's still consistent, has been consistently working. But in general, like a lot of the shows, you know, like, well, there's certain shows that just, you look through the depth of their voice casting, and it just amazes me. You know, it's the same kind of guys we've already talked about a hundred times, I feel, already. But um, this show employed people like Jess Harnell, Tony Jay, uh, Dorian Harewood, Pat Fraley, Jim Cummings, Maurice March, Dan Castellaneta, Jennifer Hale, Brad Garrett, Mark Hamill, Tress McNeil, Charlie Adler, Bobcat Goldthwait, Jim Belushi. Those people have been on just so many different voices of our childhood. Yeah. I really appreciate seeing those many voices, so... At the start of the show, the tick gets assigned to protect the city, which I love that it's not named as any city. (laughs) It's just called the city, Mm. which is how I think how it's been throughout the entirety of the the show. But it's also it's it's a ridiculous place that's just chock full of silly superheroes and silly supervillains. You know, the amount of times just watching the show, I heard it is I. And then you come up with some weird, silly voice. It, it is I, Deflator Mouse, or it yeah. is I, American Maid, or whatever.
0: Um, it is I, the Balloon Man, or whatever, some stupid shit, Chairface Chippendale. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we I watched an episode with my daughter. I think it was the second episode, and Chairface mm-hmm. Chippendale is the bad guy in that. Uh, and she laughed so hard. First, <laughs> she laughed at the name, and then laughed even uh-huh. harder when they actually revealed the- uh, And he's a- Chair face. and he's literally a chair face
1: the silliness that they can do with cartoon characters in this universe is just fantastic I love that they dive straight into that and they and they I mean it, it is a whole parody and it's just great yeah
0: I had to explain what a deflator mouse was to my son yeah well I mean isn't that it's a musical co- composition right well the word deflator mouse means like the flitter mouse which is a bat yeah okay but yes but yes very famously Strauss wrote a, a small opera uh, called Deflator Mouse.
1: That's what I think of when I hear Deflator Mouse, but it's just, I guess it's, um, you know, German for bat for bat or yeah. whatever yeah obviously obviously, people know and we kind of already mentioned there were two live action shows that came out after this one one was from 2001 to 2 it had one season and nine total episodes Patrick Warburton was the tick mm-hmm. and you probably know Patrick Warburton uh, he's Joe in the uh, like the wheelchair wheelchair buff police officer he's the voice of that in uh, Family Guy he's also Putty in Seinfeld and if you want to know more about Seinfeld <laughs> listen to Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast <laughs> And then in 2016 to 2019, uh, for two seasons, 22 episodes, um, Peter serafinowitz played the Tickies, the British guy who's appeared in, um, I don't know, plenty of British comedies and I think even some like Simon Pegg stuff. Um, funny guy. I actually never watched that. I never watched either of them. Okay, I watched like one or two episodes of the Patrick Warburton one, and it was not good. <laughs> and, and, and I just watched it because I was like, "Oh, I love the cartoon," and so I watched that one when I was younger. Yeah, it did not hold up for me. And I mean, I heard the other one was decent, and so maybe I'll check it out. But uh. it's it's hard for me to want to.
0: I, I kept when I was looking up like episodes of The Tick, the Warburton one is the one that kept popping up, and I'm like, why huh. why is this the one that's popping up and not the cartoon?
1: Yeah, because the the cartoon really. That that kind of went into cult status. yeah. You know? So, I mean, three seasons, three, 36 episodes is not a huge for a show. That's not like a big success. But Comedy Central picked it up later and would put it up kind of in a syndicated lineup, um, as well as I think Fox Kids would play it mm-hmm. uh, in, in kind of syndication and stuff like that. So it got a lot of adult cult, cult following from Comedy Central and just other, you know, the stations kind of playing it around. And it was the cartoon. It wasn't the, the live action. But I feel like when I mention the tick to anybody, they think – of either the Patrick Warburton or the actually, I think they do think of the Patrick Warburton first, yeah. which I find ridiculous.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just the times we grew up in, but yeah. I immediately go to the cartoon. Yeah,
1: I, I found the show to be pretty damn smart. You know, it, obviously a parody on superhero comics, mm-hmm. you know, and and shows in general, and it uh, it just. But the thing is, it also did it well enough for the fans of that show not to be like, oh wow, this is just making fun of it, but it's making fun of it and it's also being good at it. It's funny. Yeah, it, it's you know, it was a fun. Good cartoon action comedy, the Tick. Oh my God, he was dumb and he did some dumb things. <laughs> I, I kind of forgot just how dumb he was, uh, but he's just awesome. And you gotta mention when he would jump into action, he would yell
0: "Spoon!" Spoon!
1: That's a great thing about the Tick. I still love. I that. still
0: yell that on occasion. Yeah, exactly. I times. Um, I do. Uh, uh, I do kind of want to bring up the theme song
1: <laughs> It is just a fun one. There's something catchy about it to me. Yeah.
0: Kind of like, uh, kind of reminds me of the like Ren and Stimpy one, just kind of jazzy. It's, Mm -hmm. It's, you can hum it, you can sing along with it.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So I ended up watching, honestly, I think it was just the first three or four episodes.
0: I largely did the same
1: thing. I didn't jump around. I, I was originally gonna thinking I was gonna jump around, but then I watched like the first couple, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep going. And so I watched like the first I think it was four. I got a lot of humor out of this show, and I, and I think a lot of humor that it, it kind of took me back because I enjoyed some of the, the slapsticky silliness of that that type of humor. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoyed some of the kind of more well written adult type type of humor. Just you know, it's not it's not a cerebral show by any means. But you know, there's just there's just some humor that you just understand better now. Yeah. You know, I also love the fact that every time the tick, yeah, the tick is strong, and he's he's you know dumb and whatever, but he is is kind of indestructible kind of dude. But like, it's it's so obvious that the whole town and even like Arthur and everybody else knows that uh, a character like American Maid is a much better yeah. hero like anytime american made come on they're like it's american made yeah. like like and it's a, a fuck the tick because american made was the real like badass yeah and i loved love that And it's just like they they did just a really good job of i don't know setting up this silly world that um you know i i honestly and i kind of kind of moving pretty quickly but yeah i honestly <laughs> was really pleased with those episodes to where knowing that there's only 36 total episodes i'm like that's not as much of an investment like I I wholeheartedly planned to watch this one out okay I, I liked it that I liked it that much you know I mean it wasn't perfect I was yeah. kind of you know getting bored on my phone a little bit every now and then but like 36 episodes is is definitely a commitment I can handle yeah I'm excited for it you know I want I want to see you know what happens and I want to see Rob Paulson's voice as well as our, <laughs> as uh Mickey Dolan's but like I want to see what kind of silly ridiculous villains he has to fight that I forgot about right you know
0: um so yeah I d- I did remember that uh, so I uh, watched the second episode and that's the one where shareface tries to put his name on the moon mm-hmm. and from then on out anytime they show the moon the words Chuck are shown on the moon um uh-huh. a f- funny little story i did watch f- i watched one episode with my daughter and a couple episodes with my son and in the first episode i watched with my son when american maid came on my son goes why is that man wearing a maid's outfit oh god <laughs> and i was like she didn't she, she like, didn't look manly to me no well it was from afar it was not a okay. close-up and i was like that's a girl dude that's a girl <laughs> Uh-huh. And I, I, I was like, does she look manly? And then they did a close up. I was like, no, 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 no. no. I did I didn't get that at all. I think it's a silly. I, I do like the parody of the American maid, like the play on words. Uh-huh. Just, uh huh. Just a its outfit with the American flag essentially yeah. on the front. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's puns. I love that. <laughs> uh, I
1: also watched the one and I. I And I immediately remembered once I saw it, it was one where there's this, this, um, he's like a a paleontologist or whatever, but he wore like this dinosaur suit who got infected. And he turns into like this gigantic green dinosaur with a big mustache and shit (laughs) shit and stuff like that. But I don't know, just some of those images of these silly characters really did stick to my head that I was like, oh my God, it's that one. It's this kind of crazy guy. So that was fun.
0: Well, and they show several uh, scenes from that episode in the main credits in the opening credits, mm, yeah, so. that could be it. Um, that uh, I actually was—I was watching that one too, and I was like, "Oh, that's where that one comes from." Mm-hmm. So, my opinion—you know what? Exact opposite of Three Ninjas.
1: <laughs> Make sure you go out and rewatch the Tick and the cartoon. You know, not if you—if you, if, if you love the live-action ones, good for you. You seem to be the only person uh, because they got canceled. <laughs> Especially that first one with only nine episodes. Yeah, didn't did not get the views. But if you like that cartoon of the Tick, man, go back out there and rewatch it.
0: Largely, I would agree. I actually found it really funny and really smart. Yes. And I, I, think, I, I think I would enjoy it more if I got farther into it. When they get, mm-hmm. you know, they, they hit their stride or something, you know, with the writing. Yeah. But largely, I did really think it was funny. I thought it was very smart, smart funny. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I saw on
1: IMDb like the best, the highest rated episodes were like um, in season two. Okay. And so I was excited. I was gonna go watch them, but just just when I started the show, I was like. No, I wanna, I wanna get to season two, but after I watch all of these, like yeah. I wanna, I wanna be invested in this one. So where uh,
0: did you watch it? Uh, YouTube. Okay, they're, they're I, all,
1: they, they all seem to be on YouTube.
0: Okay, I did as well.
1: Spoon.
0: This episode of The Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by Introducing the new Taco Bell Kids' Meal. It's fun food just for kids. You can get a taco roll-up or a chicken roll-up, both with chips, cinnamon twists, and a drink, starting at $1.99. The Tick is at Taco
1: Bell. When you buy a new Taco Bell Kids' Meal, you can get one of 14 Tick collectibles while supplies last.
0: They're taking off their battle, the evil Thrakazov. All in it day's work for a superhero. One free with each kid's meal and a participating Taco Bell. All right, and now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we're going to be casting the Brotherhood of Mutants into the MCU, uh, just because why not? Mm. Um, I, admittedly, it was actually kind of fun actually just casting a bunch of villains this time as a to doing all the heroes so um, and ones that i'm largely familiar with um, i was not that familiar with avalanche which we'll talk about when we get there okay
1: but uh, he he was a villain on the x-men animated series that i kind of remember yeah but
0: it, not a lot
1: yeah and you don't you don't get much of his backstory and you don't really know much about him yeah but
0: yeah uh, so we're gonna do uh oh, so what we do we got? one two three four five six, six. Uh, seven characters are so pretty good uh, we will do uh, obviously magneto we will do juggernaut toad mystique blob avalanche and pyro um all of which except for avalanche well avalanche and the blob did not appear in the x-men film from 2000 Mm -hmm. um the other ones uh pyro showed up as started as a good guy and then turned into a bad guy by the second one um i I didn't particularly care for his character in the movie i agree um but like pyro i like him better in the in
1: the cartoon you know he's just kind of yeah pyromaniac dude yeah um I did not so I looked at the the different iterations of Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and this was not like a this was not a particular one that was like oh this is the first version of Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or the second version or the most popular I kind of just took picked and pick and chose my favorite villains that were a part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants okay and just felt like this to me this just kind of seems like a you know an overall all-star team for the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Now, not including Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, because I don't
0: consider them villains. You know, they, they turn pretty quickly to,
1: into heroes, so.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and start with Pyro. And Adam, I will let you start us off. I immediately thought of this guy. I think he's just, he's got a really good villain look to him,
1: which I saw in um the third season of Stranger Things. I've used this guy before. I think he's going to become a big star. Uh, he was the older brother in uh, of the, um I mean, I, unfortunately, I can't even remember name off the top of my head. But um, he was like the older guy who got possessed. uh The uh, va- the lifeguard dude. I think he's got a great look to him. I think he could be. He definitely can be menacing, and I think a, a fun see his crazy side as Pyro. I went with dacker Montgomery as my Pyro.
0: Okay, I think I I've cast him in something.
1: I think you have to. We both have cast him before. Like yeah. we both we've both seen him. We both like him. And you know, it's kind of a BS call, but you know what? I I just thought he
0: would fit perfectly, and so I, I didn't want to deviate. Okay. No, I can see that. Um okay. to me, Pyro no, Pyro's not necessarily a throwaway character, but he is not one I really cared so much about. So like kind of anyone could be in that role. Fair enough. You know, it really wouldn't matter. Um so I wanted to change things up a little bit, kind of looking at my cast and who I had in in different uh, spots. And I wanted to change things up a little bit. Um, And I was looking around and I found this guy. He's got a a decent look to him. Um, He's been in a a few big things. Uh, I just thought, oh, why the hell? Uh, So I went with a guy named Tyrell Jackson Williams. I haven't seen him in anything. I haven't seen – oh, I saw – you know what? I
1: I was forced to watch Failure to Launch when I was uh, (laughs) – Dating my my girlfriend in college, uh, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, he would have been a, a little kid then. Uh, so. Yeah, a little kid, absolutely, real kid, real young kid. Uh, I don't really know anything about him, but
0: you know what? If uh, if you believe in him, I'm down. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to Avalanche. Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Avalanche? you picked. It yeah. Up. So yeah, so
1: Avalanche. I mean, I remember him from the the X Men cartoon. Uh, he actually comes from Greek heritage. He's he's American, but by way of Greek. Uh, by way of Greece, um, so that's just a little bit about his character, and I don't think it's necessary enough that you have to follow that and you have to stick to the Greek heritage if you he didn't want to. But he, you know, he he similar enough to like Quake, uh, who from you might know from Agents of Shield. Yeah, you know, he's got like earthquake powers, basically. You know, he can he can shake the ground and and cause avalanches, that kind of shit. Um, but he he co- is, is seismic energy, if you will, is what he does. Right.
0: All right. Who did you go with?
1: So um, I went with a, a guy who has done some action types of uh movies with the insurgent series he actually does come from greek heritage and i was like you know what eh, i like that as kind of a you know he's an american guy who i don't actually think he's uk um uk dude but he does kind of come from some some greek heritage in there uh his name is theo james I, he, he's my avalanche okay he doesn't have the the now avalanche is a little bit you know more muscular right. than um theo james was but like but you know that's, fuck, that's comic books for you yeah exactly every character is more muscular yeah
0: he was from the Divergent series, right? You said that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I also went with Theo James for my Avalanche. Hey, how did you do? How did? How, what? Yeah. I also I had the same look. I looked at his backstory, and it's like, oh, okay, Greek, Greek American, or whatever. I was like, that's good. Mm-hmm. That gives me an opportunity to to look for someone. And I, looking at someone, I recognized him. I did. I did not see the last two of the Divergent ones because mm-hmm. I didn't really care for the first one. Um, but I watched the first one, and I didn't. I liked him in it. Yeah. And uh, so I I just I was like, oh, he's someone I know. I know he's doing some decent stuff. So, yeah. I, I went with him too.
1: He's got that that uh actiony background. I think yeah. that's important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's also he's also been in uh, one of the underworld. I've uh, been a couple of the underworld movies. So, yeah, he's definitely got the action shit. So, that's cool. Good call, John. That's a great call,
0: John. <laughs> I agree. I I I liked your call too. <laughs> Woohoo. I don't remember the last time we had a, a similar but good for it's us. It's been a, it's been it's been a little while. Especially yeah. in a superhero one. Yeah. All right. Uh, The blob, Uh, an interesting character. I found very hard to cast. You got to think, how are you going to do it? Yeah. Are you going to go fat suit? Are you going to go CGI? Are you are you just going to find a big dude? Yeah. There's different ways. No one can can be.
1: No one can be that big. That's true. Even like the biggest guys, they're still not big enough for the blob. So they got to have something and. The blob in X Men Origins was so it looked
0: awful, <laughs> awful. I'd like to I, think I, that they could do a better job now.
1: Yeah, and and maybe just big fat CG is probably the best way to go with it. I don't know. Yeah,
0: <sighs> I don't like the idea of it, but it's probably going to be the the best way. Yeah. All right. Who did you who did you pick?
1: And I, you couldn't have anybody. It was, it was tough. It was tough, and you got to got to go with a face that you think would work, and an actor who who you think it would work. And and, yeah, I I couldn't, I wanted somebody who, who knows what it's like to be a big dude, to be the blob. Mm -hmm. Now this actor, he used to be really big and he probably could have been, you know, closer to, you know, a real blob size at one point. He was a, he was a big dude, but in more recent times, he's actually slimmed down and he looks buff now. Um, but I think, I think his knowledge of how, how it is to be that big guy and you put him in that suit, he'll know how to move and he'll be awesome. But also he, cause he knows he's like, he's got, he's almost ripped now that he also knows how it is to be super strong. Mm-hmm. I went, and I think he also appreciates comics because hell he was in mall rats. He's been in other nerdy things. I went with Ethan Suplee. Okay. I mean, I, he's
0: got this big, he's, he's almost got a beard like you right now. Yeah, I know. And he's, so I, th- he I saw shave a picture it. of him recently, like a, a few days ago. Yeah, man, he does. He is. He looks different. Oh, totally. He looks different. like he's like he is a WWE wrestler or something. Yeah, he looks huge. That is an interesting choice. I like your justification for it, though, because he's he is gonna know. He knows. And you know what? If you if you if you need someone who's actually going to have to wear a fat suit, if that's how it's gonna be, yeah. you actually probably need somebody who's pretty fit to be able to to last. Yeah. In there. Yeah.
1: Exactly. He can he can do the more athletic stuff now because he's more fit, but he also knows. The
0: fat life. Yeah. He knows the blob life, man. The blob life. <laughs> uh, we live that blob life. I like him. I like him. Okay. I like him a lot. Um, this The actor I chose, I chose more for his physicality. Um, He's been in quite a few things. Uh, I remember him in the movie Hancock, um, and he's been in Better Call Saul and a bunch of other stuff. Um, as a character called the Man Mountain, I went with a guy named David Matty. Oh, Yeah. See I'm
1: I'm starting Better Call Saul now but I haven't gotten to where this guy is. He definitely has like a blob look to him.
0: Huh. Yeah, big dude. I can totally see that. And I can totally see that. I like that call. Admittedly, um I was trying really hard to in my casting, I was trying really hard to steer away from having to do too much CG mm-hmm. stuff. I hate to say it, but I think with the blob you you just you have to.
1: It's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be hard. hard not to. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Well, wow,
0: he he played in both Hancock and Better Call Saul. His character is named Man Mountain. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, saw, I noticed that. <laughs> I think, um, if, you know, if you if you need somebody who's going to have a lot more like witty lines, because I kind of remember the Blob from the cartoon um, being really kind of witty and mm-hmm. sarcastic. Probably Ethan Saplea is going to be a better choice that way. Okay. Um, David Matty, um, I've only only kind of remember from from uh, Hancock. He seems to be like the guy who's like the s- s- who stands there silently. <laughs> the Sub Zero, yeah, the Sub Zero. <laughs> okay, so uh, cool. All right, he's he's got the look. though. He does have a good look. I I yep. I picked him for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go on to Mystique. Probably one of my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite X Men villains of all time.
1: I I agree. She is awesome. I I think. I don't think she's, well, I like, uh, I'm trying to, I was going to say, oh, I don't think she's really been done justice in the films yet, but actually I really liked Rebecca Romaine's did too. version of her. I really did. Hated Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. I hated it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I and, and I hated how they made the character. I hated everything about it. Yeah.
0: Besides the, the look, well, the look wasn't even all that great. Je- I don't think Jennifer Lawrence was was the right call. I agree. I totally agree. I don't think she was the right call yeah. at all. Um, and yes, Rebecca Romaine's version is different from from the comics and and from the cartoon she's a little bit more menacing i think in the Mm -hmm. in the cartoon but to me mystique has always had that sort of sexual mystique it's in the name to it and i did not get that at all with jennifer lawrence which you at least you get that sort of you get literally the name mystique with rebecca romaine's version yeah all right so who did you go with for this i'm really interested to see who you
1: picked Uh. Uh, and I and I checked some other boards of what they thought would be a good mystique, and and a lot of them put Natalie Dormer, and I think honestly Natalie Dormer would be a great call, but she's already in the MCU. She was uh she was in Captain America. <laughs> now, granted, she had such a small part in that movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't really call that. Mm.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And so I so she's kind of like my second choice, and you know if you said Natalie Dormer, I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of cool with that one, but. Trying to steer her away from that one only because she was already in the Captain America movie. I want someone who I think embodies everything that I would want from my Mystique. Um she's definitely got some sexual vibes. She's not super sexual, but she's definitely a badass vibe um in the show that she was in uh, Battlestar Galactica. I-, I think she kind of has the the look that I want where she can, you know, she can kick ass as a Mystique and she could, you know, do everything. I, I went with Katie Sackhoff.
0: I can buy that. I like Katie Sackhoff. Okay. I think uh I could totally I could totally see that. Okay, cool. I buy into that. Sweet. I do. And like, what about you, um, Adam? I went with Natalie Dormer. Okay. I think and, that's a good interestingly call. <laughs> enough, though. I didn't look at any list. I just came upon that because I love me some Natalie Dormer. I think she's. Gr- I think she's got the right attitude for Mystique.
1: Yeah. I know some she's people. Got the right fa- she's got the right face shape too. I mean, she's yes. got the right everything for for Mystique. Exactly.
0: Right? I, 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 there's gonna be some, you know, some some. Purists, I'm going to use air quotes for that. Uh-huh. Who are like, who didn't think she's like, she's not curvy enough or busty enough because the way that Mystique is drawn? Yeah. To me, that yeah. that's bullshit. It's got to be the attitude, and I think Natalie Dormer has the attitude. And to me, her short little, she was blonde in that and all that. I, mm-hmm. I'm. We've we've actually cast people who've already been in the MCU before. We've done that; they've been other uh-huh. characters. So I was yeah. not worried about that. It's not like she played <laughs> some big, well-known person. No. So I, yeah, I was. I'm gonna bow to you on that one. I actually okay. think
1: that is probably the better call.
0: Okay, I yeah. I agree. I do love Katie Sackhoff. I personally think Natalie Dormer is a better call for a mystique. Yep, you're right. You and you 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 are correct, sir. Ha <laughs> 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 All right, Toad. Ah man, I had a hard. An interesting time trying to find this guy, and I, I think I found some good things and some bad things with, with who I picked, but I'm going to let you start us off.
1: Uh, yeah, good things and bad things. I, Toad is a tough one. I don't really like the character. Yeah. I do, he's just, his power sets are strange, and, you know, I just, I don't know. He doesn't transfer probably all that well to to screen. You know, the Ray Park one from the 2000s, I just did not think was all that cool, um, and, uh, and more so, I hate it because Storm had that terrible line. I know. You know,
0: Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else.
1: God, what an atrocious, like just bit of writing right there. Um, uh, I I went with an actor who. He kind of reminded me of Toad when he was in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two. The this is this is the uh, Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. version, uh, and this guy he played um, Norman Osborn who became the Green Goblin, uh, or he played Harry Osborn the his son mm-hmm. be, who became the Green Goblin, and his performance was actually really cringeworthy. <laughs> for the Green Goblin, in my opinion. I, I hated it, and I thought he looked really bad as that. But I was like, you know what? If he just takes that performance and turns it into the Toad, it might be more like, you know, I might take it more sarcastically and be like, okay, he's just playing a weird Toad thing and not a Green goblin anything thing who's supposed to be much more villainous and badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with uh, Dane DeHaan
0: as my Toad. Okay. Uh, he yeah. definitely, he's got kind of a Toady look to him. Yeah, <laughs> he kind, kind of, of does. A little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I'm. Okay. Um, I, I see. I've never seen any of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, and I don't think I've seen. I'm looking at his his credits. I don't think I've actually really seen anything he's in. So, oh
1: uh, yeah, yeah. You, you haven't seen Chronicle either. No, I
0: haven't seen that either. Okay. So I real. I mean, I really have nothing to say as far as his acting goes, but uh, he's got an he's got an interesting look to him. I can. He's got a toady look apparently, toady according to John. <laughs> All right. Um. So eh, for my. The one thing that I'm gonna say about my guy is that I think he's too tall to play Toad. Mm-hmm. Toad needs to be kind of small. My guy's about five ten. Admittedly, your mm-hmm. guy's only about five eight. But I honestly, I kind of took the same route that they took for the X Men movie. Is that I wanted somebody who could do the physicality of a Toad, or of mm-hmm. Toad. So I went. I looked around, um, and I found this guy who uh, is an up and coming uh, Hong Kong. Stunt actor. Okay, he's done quite a few, th- and he's done a lot of stunts in American movies. But he is a, he's a Hong Kong guy. Uh, to me, Toad doesn't need to talk. <laughs> Honestly, no, God, no. Honestly, best if it does. If he doesn't, um, and I've seen, I watched some videos of this guy. He's a really great martial artist. He's really good with movement. So I think he could he could work if I'm just if I just mm. want a physical Toad there. And this guy named Jason Lee, L I. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually
1: I really like your call. I picked somebody who could act but do i need like a real shakespearean fucking acting here <laughs> like uh you know no for the toad i need someone who can do stuff and i and i i really like your um the, yeah, your the idea the thought behind it yeah it. Yep. Yeah. The thought and, behind and it maybe is, is in the cool. end
0: jason lee wouldn't be the good guy but you, you'd go for mm-hmm. all right give me a guy who can do the physicality and we mm-hmm. put him in a suit and that's all that matters
1: yeah yeah i'm cool with that i like
0: that a lot all right the juggernaut now i have a lot to say about the juggernaut I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah, I hated the Vinny Jones version. <laughs> I, I had, I'm with hated you. It.
1: I I hate that cartoon, the YouTube clip. I hate the that Vinny Jones thing. Yeah, it's just uh yeah, he sucks. He's he, there was a terrible I've call. never been
0: a huge fan of the character at all. I love the look of them. Like the juggernaut look is awesome. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of the CGI version in Deadpool 2 either. I agree. Um, I agree. So I, it, it took it took me out too 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 it yeah just looked too too often it went it went too far it went too far for me um which I understand because Juggernaut he's supposed to be that he's supposed to be just this big massive guy yeah but to me I think they went too much they went too far all right so let me hear uh, let me hear what you have to say before I tell you what because sure. I did a little I did something a little unorthodox with mine
1: okay I I did not go unorthodox I I was trying to think of some badass big men um that I had seen and you know um. I didn't need a great actor for Juggernaut. You don't need now. You you could there. Now when you get into like the comics, there is some stuff that he does. But I wanted somebody who could be pretty damn imposing. And you're gonna. You're probably gonna still need to, either suit him up like he did with Vinnie Jones or CGI up like they did with the Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's the right route because I hated both of them, <laughs> but this guy is pretty big and he played like a big intimidating dude as a sidekick kind of guy in uh, Mad Max Fury road. He played the, the, like the really big strong oh, son. Yeah. And so I went with him. His name is Nathan Jones.
0: Yes, I actually think I have cast him in something way early on in some of okay. our episodes. I think I did cast him in something. I like Very him. Cool. He's not as wide as I would like a Juggernaut to be, but I mean, mm-hmm. he's a he's a big dude. And maybe yeah. he's standing next to the other actors. Yeah, I don't mind that. And he, I okay, he's uh. Wasn't, he yeah, wasn't. He wasn't a bad actor, and that no, maybe I mean, he was mostly just acting crazy in, in Mad Max. Yeah, but. and
1: that's and that's all like mostly needed. Yeah. Just I just need my Juggernaut to go and smash into shit. <laughs> um, he was. He's six eleven. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Three hundred and thirty pounds, but you know what? He might need to put on some more weight for for my Juggernaut. That's true.
0: I, you, maybe yeah. they put him in a big suit or something just to kind of widen him up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Padding or something like that. I mean, it, it, they do what they got to do. All right. So I went with. An expected and unexpected choice, I think. So what I did was I I wanted a physical juggernaut, somebody Mm -hmm. big. Maybe they add some padding to a suit, but I didn't want any CGI. Mm -hmm. Most guys that size can't really act very well. Yeah. But they can physically act. And I went with a very obvious choice for my juggernaut in uh, The Mountain, Half-Four Bjornsson. Oh. However, I would want somebody else to voice him. Yeah, Thor, he can't can't tell. And so I, yeah, so my casting is really in who I'm having to choose my voice, not so much as, because I just want, I was like, I need the big opposing physical guy. At least with Bjornsson, he knows how to do the physical stuff in in Game of Thrones. He knows how to act. He He can do this stuff. But I think I picked a guy with a really good voice for Juggernaut. For the voice of him, I went with John Goodman.
1: Hmm. Okay. I'm cool with that. He's got I mean, he's got a great deep he's got, voice.
0: I, he's got a deep manly voice. He's I've I've seen him do a lot more voice voice stuff lately. And I, I think he has a good sound to him. Which speaking of Juggernaut voices, they
1: had Ryan Reynolds do the juggernaut voice in Deadpool 2, which you, I know. but they they pitched it so often you couldn't really tell him. But I'm like, why didn't you just get like a, a voice actor? Get get somebody who would be better off than that, because I didn't yeah. think that was a great call
0: either. Yeah. Maybe Ryan just wanted the extra pay.
1: Maybe. Uh, but I like well, he was, I think he was a producer on it, so maybe he didn't want to pay. How about that? He didn't want to pay anybody <laughs> There you else. go. No, I think John Goodman's a good good voice call. Okay. You know, he, he would match the the size of Thor Bjornsson, but Thor, Thor, yeah, I, I, you hear him talk. He, he, you know, English is his second language, yeah. maybe even third language, and he's he's he wouldn't be a good call. And if he was suited up, he would probably look good, especially if he trimmed some of his belly fat, which I know he's doing right now. I'm— I love Strongman, and I'm actually like really invested in watching Strongman. And there's a whole beef going on right now with him and Eddie Hall from UK. I could, go, I honestly, I could have a podcast about Strongman. did I, I,
0: I was reading? it. Didn't he get beat out by him? Uh, Eddie Hall.
1: He had the dead uh, the deadlift record at 500 kilograms, which is like 1,200 pounds, people. Mm-hmm. And then Hafthor, he he has a beef with Eddie, and they've had a beef for years. Um, and he went thought Thor lifted 501 kilograms, you know basically, but it, this was 4 years later. Okay. Eddie did it in 2016, Thor did it just now, like literally like a month or two ago or a couple months ago. And you know, and now they're actually going to have a boxing match in 2021. They're they've it's gotten ridiculous. <laughs> honestly, but I love that I love the drama behind it and I love the whole uh I don't know, the spectacle. But Thor, if he loses some weight, he's got the he's got the look, and he's definitely got the muscle. Yeah, he's one of the strongest men in the planet. So
0: I mean, and even even if they just padded him up with a uh, with a suit and with muscle, yeah, I mean, and you wouldn't prob- did that to Henry Cavill. Yeah, and you wouldn't you wouldn't need to do
1: it too much. Um, Thor Thor weighs over four hundred pounds. Uh, at his deadlift, he was he weighed four hundred and fifty pounds. Jeez, he's six nine, I believe. Yeah, so he's a big tall dude, and it, it's so much muscle. He's got some fat there too, but tons of muscle cuz he's he's one of the strongest guys. Yeah.
0: he's Icelandic, isn't he? He is. He's is Icelandic. Okay. All right, cool. All right, now the one that I think most people are going to be interested in is Magneto. It's tough. It's a t- it's a tough call. Um I I th- We've had we've had two perfect Magnetos. Yeah. I uh, personally I was much I like Michael Fassbender. I thought I liked the attitude of of mm-hmm. Ian McKellen's Magneto more and granted I agree with granted Michael Fassbender was basically just emulating Mm -hmm. Ian McKellen but I I thought it was it was really weird when I first saw X-Men um having watched the cartoon and 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 reading the comics and and seeing this guy and then there's kind of this older guy who's not very built but then listening to him speak and he got (laughs) he totally gets the gravitas of a character like Magneto and I think that's why he's so beloved as that character that's that is the word right there, gravitas. I was thinking the
1: same thing. I was gonna say it, but you kind of you already beat me to it. I, I had the exact same thought process where I'm like, you know, my, my Magneto's a little bit bigger and more badass, he's you know than you, old man. Uh, <laughs> and then Ian McKellen comes in and does it, and he knocks it out the fucking park exactly with his attitude. And you're just like, yes, you are my Magneto. <laughs> yes. All right. So who did you go with? I didn't have to think too much on this one hmm. because I've had a guy already in my mind that I think would be perfect for Magneto, and he kind of brings it maybe a little bit more back to the X-Men animated series Magneto that I want. Um, he's not, obviously, he's not as ripped, you know, as that Magneto because, God damn it, every person's yeah. ripped to all hell. Like, hell. I You know, I go back and watch some, like, some or read some Deadpool comics, and Deadpool was, like, jacked to all fucking shit and, like, no, nah, Deadpool needs to be a little bit more slender. Yeah. You know, he's more, he's more acrobatic with his stuff. He's not, like, a massive beefcake dude. Yeah. But anyway, this guy, I think, has the face... Uh, he's got the look, and he's definitely got the acting chops. He can pull off the white hair of Magneto because I've seen him do it as Lucius Malfoy. The guy is a great actor, and I think, uh, I think um, Emily used him as a casting recently. But like in my head, I think he is just a perfect Magneto choice. I went with Jason Isaacs.
0: Oh, some re- I first I totally I totally thought you were about to say Tom Felton.
1: Oh no 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 God no, <laughs>
0: that uh, that kid can't really act.
1: Uh, but his dad in the movie, <laughs> okay. Lucius Malfoy. He is a great okay. man, I, I I really like that choice. I really, <laughs> really like that choice. It's it's probably best that it came off of the, uh, you're like, oh my God, it's going to be Tom I Felton. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. No. Oh God. I do. I love Jason Isaacs as, a, as you st- an actor. You still, need, you still need some age. You still need yeah. some gravitas. Yeah. And, and he's got that. He's Yeah, he's got that. Uh, no, you know what? I love that choice. I would not be, okay. I would not be angry at all if that, if that came out. And i in fact, I'd probably be excited about it. Okay. Um, uh, Cause I do like, you know, it's, it's funny is I've actually watched Jason Isaacs for a while now. I remember him from, um, um, Black Hawk Down, Black yeah. Hawk Down and Armageddon. Yeah. He's in Armageddon. He, oh, yeah. He's the, okay. he's the scientist who basically tells the other guys, uh, <laughs> your scientific advisor is wrong. I'm right. <laughs> I'm the smartest guy in the room. Motherfuckers. Listen
1: to uh-huh. me then why wouldn't they fucking hire astronauts to learn how to drill as opposed to drilling people to learn
0: how to be astronauts? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Drilling is an art, man. I've been doing it all my <laughs> life. <laughs> you just got to feel it. You got to feel the drill. Uh, God, solid choice. I really like that. Okay. I really like that. All right, so I, I kind of came down to two people, one for the look and the other one for the gravitas, and I ended up going with the guy with the gravitas, I thought. Okay. Um, the guy with the look – I think he just kind of looks a little bit like Magneto. He's already been in an X Men movie, but he was in he was in X Men. We're going into
1: the MCU. He, so. Oh
0: yeah, plus he was, but he was in the Last Stand, which I don't consider a movie. I, don't, I can, don't consider a movie. Yeah, well, hell, neither do the writers because they pretty
1: much wrote it out of existence. <laughs> exactly.
0: But I, I, he's he's older now so I think he's got to look to him but he played multiple man in that which you know saying but he's best known as McDreamy oh. from Grey's Anatomy which was Eric Dane I think he's got a really huh. good silver-haired look of Magneto he reminded me a lot of the Magneto from the comics not who I went with though
1: a- I agree acting wise I probably wouldn't trust it but I can totally see I can see what you mean look wise So I
0: went with a guy McSteamy <laughs> <laughs> No That'd be, that'd be awesome. I'm not sure how you're gonna feel about this, but what sold it to me was his performance on the TV show Titans, which I don't think you've seen. I have not. But I know you've seen the other big TV show that he was on, Game of Thrones. I have. And but in Titans, he plays Bruce Wayne, and you don't see him as Batman. You only see him as Bruce Wayne. Oh, and he's. I know where I know where you're going. And he. I was shocked at how much I loved. He's kind of an asshole, actually. He mm-hmm. was kind of an asshole, Bruce Wayne, but I really liked his performance in that, and that's what sold it on me. I went with uh, Ian Glenn, who was Jorah Mormont. <sighs> yeah. On Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah, he's a good actor. I Love him as Jorah Mormont. I,
0: he's gonna have to wear a wig or do something with his hair. He's kind of balding right now, but it, yeah, he's thinning. I, he's thinning, yeah. but that's fine. I, I can, I, you know, we can make that work. I mean, we, mm. you know, we all went through all of Game of Thrones thinking that Amelia em- Clark was. A real blonde, not not really with those <laughs> eyebrows. <people>. Yeah, but <laughs> silver. Yeah,
1: no, no, those, those. Couldn't they have done something with that? really? I don't know, but uh, that's
0: right. but I really liked his Bruce Wayne. I was shocked at how much I liked it. Uh-huh. So okay, I think it would work uh, in that same sort of vein.
1: Yeah, we. I know he can be kind of that. You know, silent um, but still very menacing kind of guy, and Magneto has a lot of that kind of look and that gravitas feel to him. Yeah. And I kind of, I do agree. I, I, I like his choice. I think honestly, I like mine better because that's my, that's what I do. Yeah. I like mine better. Yeah. Um, but I, I will not shit on that call. Okay. I, I think that's a, that's a good choice.
0: Have you, you haven't, you haven't had a chance to watch the Titans yet, have you?
1: i haven't seen titans he's also been in a couple resident evils i haven't seen
0: that yeah he was also i do remember him from tomb raider too he was also in okay. the 2001 tomb raider but that's yeah i that's not the performance i went by that's not the okay yeah so um
1: no i i, I pretty much i'm basing it just off of jorah mormon okay uh,
0: and i and i'm cool and i'm cool with that. okay i'll i'll i can deal with cool with that cool with that. <laughs> right <laughs> all right that was our casting of a brotherhood of mutants into the mcu
1: Please join us next time for a super awesome episode.
0: We get together and talk about our top 10 favorite 90s cartoon intros. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Buddies.